You're listening to Little Green Cheese, episode 75. Welcome back. I'm Gavin Weber, and this podcast is where you can learn about cheese making at home. I nearly forgot my own line then. I've been up to some very spicy stuff today. I have finished making a pepper jack, which is one of the videos I never quite got around to doing. But uh, I have finished my pepper jack cheese. In fact, I'm going to be calling it a triple pepper jack because not only did it have chili flakes all the way through the cheese I then rubbed it with a chili infused oil olive oil and then I rubbed into the oil a chipotle chili powder and it smelled absolutely amazing Um, but I did wear gloves to uh, rub the chili powder into the rind of the cheese so I didn't actually wreck the rind it's just rubbed into the outside so I'm going to be calling it my triple pepper jack Don't say that, try and say that fast. But uh, yeah, an amazing cheese. And that should be released soon on my YouTube channel, cheeseman.tv. Anyway, we've got an interesting show today. We've got uh, four voicemail questions and a nice little news segment. So this uh, this week's news segment is from WNYT News, and it's about turning leftover whey into vodka. So let's have a listen to to that clip that I found on the interwebs. And this is probably by far the the funnest, you know, turning it into a. Uh a distilled, uh, distilled beverage. A distilled As a food beverage. science professor at Oregon State University, Lisbeth Goddick has overseen a lot of pretty cool projects. But this latest one is, well, just read the slogan on the back of her shirt. It says way too cool. That's way, as in the byproduct of cheese, something Goddick and her students make a lot of inside this building. This is our dairy sundown here. But every time yeah. they gear up, this is the privilege we have, and, and make that cheese. We wear boots. They also create a lot of waste. You see, 90% of the milk used in the cheese-making process comes out as whey. That's this yellow-colored, creamy-looking stuff. And while large companies like Tillamook can buy expensive equipment to turn that whey into things like protein powders, the smaller cheesemakers cannot. And because that way is very bad for the environment, it can cause algae and waterways. Disposing of it costs a lot of money. Uh, basically, all the alternatives that creameries have now, the small-scale creameries, ends up costing them money. This is our um, small-scale distillation setup. We've got a- so researchers here at OSU have found a way to convert that way into this. Yeah, I think it's cool. What they call a neutral spirit, what we call vodka. We found a way to ferment it with a relatively unusual yeast. Paul Hughes heads up the distilling part of the process. He says his next step is to fine-tune the taste of the alcohol, which he says does need a little fine-tuning, but really isn't all that bad. No cheese. No, no cheese. <laughs> An environmentally friendly way to turn would-be waste into a profit. I would absolutely, I'd, yeah. And maybe even have a little fun along the way. 
yeah, make up some Bloody Marys and <laughs> it'd be great. So how cool was that, turning whey into alcohol? Now, obviously, they've got some sort of special yeast that they're trialling to turn the whey into alcohol, but uh, certainly beats uh, de-icing roads and all that sort of stuff with it and trying to find ways and means to use it here at home. Um, I don't think the process will be uh, ready for um, home cheesemakers anytime soon, but uh, yeah, I just thought it was a nice, in- interesting little uh, news clip to uh, throw into the show. Okay, on with the listener questions. So the first one is from Donna. Hi, Evan. This is Donna Wynn. I am really new to the cheese making process, but I really want to try to do as well as I can. I have a wine enthusiast brand cheese slash wine compartment. Um, It is a separate meaning it has two different, I can put my reds and my whites in. So I'm trying to get my humidity up for my cheeses. And it's, I've tried everything from the uh, salt test to different humidifiers. I've got one on Amazon Prime I'm getting ready to purchase. I need to bring my humidity up. The highest my humidity is right now is 47%. I've gotten 52, but that's about it. Any help that you could give me seems like my the fans are going against me, trying to keep the humidity down, and I'm trying to bring the humidity up. Anything you can suggest would be greatly helpful. Donna, thank you so much for your question. Yes, it was a very interesting one because I too had a wine fridge um, that it could hold the temperature of between about 10 degrees Celsius, uh, which is 50 Fahrenheit, all the way up to about 20 degrees Celsius, I think. Can't remember what that is in Fahrenheit. But uh, you're right, it uh, has a little fan in it and it uh, tries to keep the wine or the contents of the fridge dry as possible. So as a cheese fridge, it's not much chop. So what you really have to do is... You want to use the fridge for temperature control only. And what I tend to do, uh, and this is what I've done in the past when I did have a wine fridge, was I used ripening boxes um, to get the humidity up. So ripening boxes in the uh, cheese fridge, so your individual cheeses, or depends on the size of them, of course, um, you put into a plastic tub and um, that's got a rack in the bottom so it doesn't swim in its own way. And the moisture that uh, seeps out of the cheese in probably the first uh, couple of weeks uh, tends to give you a humidity around the range of between 80 and 95% relative humidity. Uh, and the reason I know this is because I put my hygrometer into one of the cheese boxes after I sanitize the um, hygrometer as best I could and uh, yeah the readings were very high so that's really good for home cheesemakers struggling to get their cheese caves or cheese fridges or wine fridges whatever you want to use up to a high humidity especially essential if you're waxing uh, cheese or you're trying to create a natural rind 
uh, on your cheese or you're using or you're making a bloomy rind cheese uh, so something like a a, a camembert or a, a brie um, or even um, uh, blue mold cheeses so that's uh, how you do it how I do it anyway and it seems to work okay I don't have too many problems at all so hopefully that answers your question Donna and thanks for uh, sending it in The next one is from Joseph, and it's along the same kind of lines, but with a twist. Hi, Gavin. I'm calling, uh, asking about a ripening box. I need one that will fit a two to three pound uh, blue cheese I'm going to be making, and I'm wondering if your uh, ripening boxes will fit this. Thank you. Uh, No, thank you, Joseph. And if I can hear correctly... I think I heard my own voice in the background. Um, very cool indeed. The ripening boxes don't have to be specific, specifically from um, cheesemaking shops. I'll tell you that now. Uh, you can pick them up in most supermarkets. You'll find them as microwave-safe cooking boxes, and they usually have a rack in the bottom, and the rack just simply suspends the cheese above the bottom of the plastic box, and... It uh, stops the cheese from sitting in its own way as it uh, starts to ripen. And sometimes uh, a bit of whey uh, comes out of the bottom of the cheese uh, as it ripens, so it's still um, oozing a little bit of whey. Anyway, so that's all you need is a ripening box that's wide enough for your cheese, and you may have to shop around a little bit. I'm sure where you live there are lots of uh, plastic tubs with um, uh, plastic mats in the bottom that you can put your cheese on. And uh, just look around, local supermarket, thrift store, what have you. That's where I found mine initially. And I got in touch with the company that makes them and bought them in bulk. And i am got to replenish my stock of uh, maturation boxes or ripening boxes. I actually stock a couple of types on uh, in the store. Uh, one's from Mad Millie, which is probably narrower and taller. And then I have a wide one, which I get from Decor Australia. Um, but like I said, most countries, check the supermarket out, look for a plastic tub that you can microwave food in that has a rack in the bottom, and that's absolutely perfect for making your cheese, for ripening your cheese in. Anyway, I hope that helps out, Joseph. Uh, the next question is from Ricardo. Uh, Gavin, uh, I'm just uh, visiting your uh, webpage. So um, I was watching your um good at cheese process and uh, i saw you were using some this milk pasteurized milk uh, from the supermarket is, is that is that correct you were using some uh, calcium to add to this milk uh, I, I have, um, i'm a little a little bit uh confused uh, since many people uh, recommend to use uh, uh, raw milk, but anyway, it works very nice. So I, 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 will, I just wish to know and 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 make clear this uh, question about that milk. And other topic was very nice to see your your video, uh, and in that meaning, uh, thank you for your contribution. Bye bye. Oh, my name is Ricardo, by the way. Thanks, Ricardo. Um, Appreciate your question. Now, if I get the gist of it, 
Um, basically, you're asking whether you can make cheese with pasteurized milk. The question, uh, sorry, the answer, not the question, is indeed yes, you can. You can use pasteurized milk. Now, obviously, when you use pasteurized milk, which is a heat-treated milk, you need to add a little bit of the soluble calcium back into the milk that was lost during the pasteurization process. That's why I add uh, calcium chloride to most of my cheeses. Uh, it's just a mineral salt that is a nice, clean, efficient and safe way to add that little bit of calcium back in. Also, uh, you can also use um, pasteurised and homogenised milk. Um, however, the curd doesn't set as well as you would expect um, because it's been a, a second heat treatment and the fat globules are usually passed through micro um, mesh filters uh, to break up the fat globules into smaller parts so they don't float to the top of the milk as cream. So yes, you can definitely use um, uh, pasteurised milk as long as you add in then some starter cultures to uh, re-inoculate that milk with the lactic bacteria that were killed during the pasteurisation process because pasteurisation not only kills bad bacteria, it kills the good bacteria that you want in the cheese, in the milk, to create cheese with. So yes, that's what you can do. If you can only get your hands on pasteurised milk, then a little bit of calcium chloride and uh, Bob's your uncle, and away you go. Okay, um, thanks for your question, Ricardo. So the next question is from Kathy. Here we go. Hi, Kevin. Um, I was just wondering with your farmhouse cheddar cheese, if I wanted to make a half quantity, do I just halve the mesophilic culture and the rennet, etc., as well? Thank you. Thanks for your question, Kathy. Yes, to halve the recipes, it's fairly simple. Just like uh, baking cakes um, or any sort of uh, cooking, I suppose, that uh, if you want to increase the size of the cheese, then you double everything or triple or quadruple, whatever. And if you want to make less, then, uh, yeah, you simply halve the ingredients. Now, the only thing you don't halve is you, you keep the timings the same. The temperatures must be the same and the pressure must be the same of the of pressing. So those three factors must be the same. You halve the ingredients, basically, if you want a smaller cheese. Um, so, Kathy, hopefully that answers your question. Well, that's all we've got in the show this week. Uh, thanks for listening, as always. I really do appreciate you lending your ears and listening to the Little Green Cheese podcast about all things cheesy. Now, I just a little bit of news on the book writing front. I'm up to about a third of the book now. I've got stuck into the recipes, but it's a bit of a hard slog. What I should have done was written all these recipes down somewhere <laughs> instead of having to go back and watch my own videos and get the recipes off them. Uh, you'd think a clever man would do that. Anyway, uh, goodness me. For all kits, supplies and cheese making equipment pop over to littlegreenworkshops.com.au We ship globally except for a few countries where we're not allowed to You can pick up my ebook, Keep Calm and Make Cheese The Beginner's Guide to Cheese Making at Home over at any 
good ebook retailer. Also, there's a copy over at uh, littlegreenworkshops.com.au. Thanks for listening, Curd Nerds, and stay tuned for the next exciting episode of the Little Green Cheese Podcast. During this show, you heard music by Kevin McLeod, you heard Malt Shop Bop, Call to the Dairy Cows, and News Theme.